Hey everybody, welcome to tonight's Late Night Happy Hour. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky going full quad box today. Uh, very excited to welcome in Andy Liu and Sam Esfendiari from the Light Years podcast uh, on the Blue Wire Network. It is a ton of fun. It's a great, great Warriors slash sort of, you know, Bay Area sports thing. And these guys... Um, but I'm afraid to say stuff. And so we're excited <laughs> to have them, have them on our show. We got a, a few fun things planned. And I, I think it's particularly good, guys, that, that we have you join us on a night where the Lakers lose in Detroit to the moribund Pistons. And uh, the Warriors what lost their like 73rd game of the year, it seems like, by like 20. They only lose by 20 uh, or more. Um, and that happened. So uh, perfect timing. Thanks, guys. Uh, Post game chat, Good. by the way, says I'm in here between. Uh, I'm in here between here, staring at my dog going. Quinn <laughs> uh, better soaks uh, hyped up for this philosophical discussion. Been boning up on my Aristotle and Socratic <laughs> method. So you, oh, look, you, we've got the goods coming in. Yeah. Well, Quinn. Quinn, by the way, is a big time Warriors fan. So I, I imagine he's actually quite. Uh, familiar with both of your work, gentlemen. <laughs> I, I'm glad you I call it work. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you call it work. I, I I really like that. That is the amount of respect I do not disturb res, deserve, but I love. You know, I'm going to take all of it. Feels I feel great. Like, I feel like you guys in Lakers land are the only people who can truly understand the um, the ups and downs of having a coach who's constantly playing mind games. Um, you know, I mean, Steve Kerr will always talk about how uh, Popovich and Phil Jackson are kind of his mentors, you know, two great mentors, right? But uh, he's definitely, he, he, he tends to side more Phil with the, uh, the press conference and kind of the, uh, the overall ethos and strategy he goes with. And uh, it could be fun when, uh, when, when you're good. Person, yeah. <laughs> it's fun when you're good, but when it, you're, you know, 10 and 9. Okay, well, let's, be, okay. Well, hey, go ahead, Ada, because I think I know where you wanted to start with this. So go ahead. Yeah, let, let's let's get into this because uh, the last few uh, pods, um, you, and and by few I mean this season. Um, you've got <laughs> the last twelve, 10, or 13. 10, 10 to fifty. Yeah, uh, you guys have uh, you guys have not been um, shy about your displeasure with the way Steve Kerr has been coaching both on and off the court. Pre and post game, probably practices as well in terms of the media <laughs> sessions with you guys. Uh, <laughs> Quinn Better, welcome to the Steve Kerr Slander Hour with Sam and Andy. Um, okay, what? Where would you say? We'll start with Sam, then go to Andy. Where? Where would you say your discontent with Steve Kerr lies right now in terms of his approach to the season um, and, and the way he's running everything right now? It, so it's kind of a stubbornness and it's it's a disconnect with the roster and we can um you know brian and i talked about it before we got on here but um kelly Oubre has been a little bit of a roller coaster for the warriors oh. this season right <laughs> has there been oh. part? one for 11 is not a roller coaster guys that is that's just bad like tonight he was <laughs> one for 11 is, the, the roller coaster is like well i guess last time he didn't miss a shot but like you're right seven, seven for nine pick a goddamn lane one. Because yeah. Andy hates when I talk about this. He was one of my keepers this year. I have a oh, lot of emotional cares, oh, investments. Oh, nobody cares. Oh, oh, no, Andy have, cares. You, you Andy Luke cares. Look at that face. Look at the oh, face Andy made when I mentioned that. 
I gotta say, you almost you deserve. Yeah, you deserve it. Yeah, you deserve that <laughs> for 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 keeping Kelly Oubre. My goodness. Oh no! So, so. As an eighth rounder in the eighth round of a fourteen team league, keeping Kelly Oubre seemed like a no brainer. He was like yeah. the fifty something oh, ranked how many person in the league. Three. Oh, we get okay. three. Okay, so I played eighteenth oh, round value. Is what he's at so now, very, so. uh... I didn't know that at the time, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now it's Steve Kerr's fault, Sam. Okay, tell them why. Right. It's Steve I feel fault like I feel like I just got jumped into like Warriors fandom. Like, like Andy accepted me as one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so getting back to the point, it's okay. So Kelly Oubre, he can do certain things. Um, I wouldn't necessarily uh, describe him as a playmaker. Uh, someone who's looking to pass the ball, so to say. Um, and it just every post-game press conference is kind of, well, they weren't moving the ball. He's not moving the ball. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't ask, you know, I don't ask a child to do quantum physics. Like, it seems pretty common sense to me that, like, you know, you're not asking James Wiseman to be point guard. You're not asking Steph Curry to go post up 30 possessions in a row. It's, it's that's where the frustration lies. It's, uh, it, it's trying to fit kind of a square peg into a round hole. And then the defiance, which is a very Phil Jackson quality, in my opinion, where it's like, these guys can't play in my system. It's obviously the GM's fault, not mine. You know, that type of thing, right? So that's kind of, um, I mean... I'd like to think we have more fun with it than like pure anger, but sometimes it comes across with anger when it's a 30 point loss. <laughs> well, those you guys can make people angry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, not, everything the, makes Sam angry, but yes. <laughs> the, the, the flip side, then we'll, we'll keep talking about this because there, there are, you know, I, I, you know, and Sam mentioned this before, we were just kind of BSing before the, the show started. Like there is a, Andy and I were the the pre and post game hosts on on uh, Lakers broadcasts during what we call the shitty years um, when they were winning like thirteen games a season and this and that. We did our best to try to like find some silver linings here and there, but like there's only so many nice things. I liked all the kids and they traded them all. Like I actually, I legitimately, enthusiastically, sincerely talked them up. And they traded them all. So, I mean, and it worked out. I mean, obviously, in the end, the the long road led to somewhere great. But, you know, there was a period where I was talking up a lot of these guys and then they kept moving them um, in part because they thought Paul George was coming. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but like so like I feel like there's there's a lot of <laughs> with the sort of the, the Spider-Man meme with the Lakers fan base and the Warriors fan base um, when things aren't going particularly well. How how much because I know coming into the season, there were a lot of expectations. Clay gets hurt. How much did people really recalibrate those expectations? Did they say, like, you know, fuck it. I've decided that the Warriors are going to be good this year and contend, and that's where I'm staying. The, so I, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not about what the Warriors' record is and the expectations of the record. It's about the way that they're getting there. Um, if they had Steph shoot – and I'm not saying this is the right move. If they had Steph shoot and play like James Harden and they were 10-9 – I don't think Warriors fans would be pretty. I don't think they'd be pretty. I don't. I think they'd be fine. Like they'd be like, all right, we're not happy with it. Like we wish we were better, but I think that's more or less okay. But when you've got a coach that I like, to me, I mean, we, we, you guys live in California, right? You know how politicians are in California. I mean, when you got a guy over here who thinks he's the <laughs> smartest guy, he just he's always got something to say. He's like pretty good with the media. Are you, are you blaming Steve Kerr for like? 
outdoor dining coming back? <laughs> like, where, where are you going with He's this? the reason we're in the purple tier. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, Kerr, Steve Kerr is a politician. He's got a lot to say. He's 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 got a lot to say. He thinks he's the smartest guy. End of the day, does really that really does nothing. Um, and I, it, it's just to me, he's doing like what Sam said. He's doing what he's done before. He has a set amount of principles that he wants to teach that he's not going to move away from. And uh, I think that's that's what <laughs> I think that's one of the, <laughs> Quinn one of the, the irritating thing is the lack of adjustment because he thinks Malcolm Gladwell is smart. <laughs> he said, if I spend 10,000 hours, you know, you know, talking to media and making sure I'm liked, you know, he can do everything. I think that's that's the problem. He thinks he's the smartest guy and he is one of the smartest people, but he's not willing to make any adjustments. And I think that's a problem right now. What are the adjustments, though? OK, because like, you know, part of, you know, part Obviously of this how much of it is a talent thing? <laughs> it, it is a talent thing. I actually think if we want to take it back a level, on it's so Steph is uh, probably the first or second most popular athlete in various sports in my lifetime. I'm in the 30s. The only player I can think of who like had more reverence than him might be like Joe Montana. That's like the level of love he has here. And uh, you guys are obviously in LA, like the, the closest comparison I can have is like Kobe Bryant in the middle of his playing career. And right now the Warriors are in like 2006 Lakerland where they know they have this one guy who's special, who, you know, you can win around who matters to a fan base. And, and it's just kind of, exactly. It is kind of a Spider-Man meme where it's not even rational anger. It's like, you know, it's like, why is Andrew Bynum not three years older? Or why is James Wiseman not three years older? You know, it's like a lot of, you know, uh, Brad Wanamaker might as well be Smush Parker, you know, some, something like that. Like it's, it's a, some of it is frustration there. And then the other part of it is also to what Andy's saying is you see these games where they look a lot better than what we're seeing on like tonight, you know, like they're, they're just such a whiplash team. They beat the Lakers and then they look like the worst team in the league versus the Phoenix Suns. And it's just such an up and down. Right. And those first few games were just catastrophic. I mean, like yeah. <laughs> it looked like the Warriors might not win five games this season after those first couple of I me. Mean, and since they're, you know, what are they three or four games over 500 since the first couple, right? And that's not terrible. Right. I no, think it, it, <laughs> I say the funny thing is ten and nine is like kind of about what you were hoping for, right? So but, but the yeah, I I think the biggest thing is is to like at least try to, to make some changes. I, I don't think people care if it works or not. What what like, are the changes though that you're looking to see specifically? Like at least try yeah, at least try to put some shooting around, guys. Like, there's no reason for some of these younger – like, there's no reason for Jordan Poole to be playing basketball in an NBA jersey, right? Like, that that was obvious from last year. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, he like, shot poorly. <laughs> but, like, Damian Lee, like, he's not the best player. Like, he, like, he's not the best player. But at least he can shoot, right? Kelly Oubre, 
Like we understand he's also not the best player, but he's also not putting in the situation to succeed. Why, why does Kelly Oubre have to be the one that has to decide how to make a back cut? When you, well, I mean, look at the guy. I don't think he really knows he, what's even like what's happening on the basketball court half the times. So like let him just stand in the corner and shoot threes. Like there has to be some type of, hey, so let's what, make life you, easier. Where just do you think dunk the ball and do push-ups and kiss it? Like just why make it so hard? Well, I, okay, then I guess maybe that really gets to the the question at hand, like the idea of why make it so hard, it, because like the idea of putting shooting around around these guys, particularly when you look at the, the way you know, I mean, the Warriors obviously won championships through defense. They they won through great ball movement, really smart play, but they also won because they had a few guys who could shoot the shit out of the ball. So and we're like some of the greatest Curl. players in NBA history. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I'm just saying shooting was a big part of the equation. Like, you know, they they were not a team that that locked, you know, basically locked guys down to, you know, 85 points a game and one just, you know, in spite of their inability to make outside shots. So if you were looking at Kerr's unwillingness to put more shooting around guys like Kerr, around the rest of these guys despite whatever deficiencies might be there, you know, that you take an exchange, what what do you think is the reason that he would resist? <laughs> Sam? Oh, it's, it's my turn? Okay. <laughs> Sam? Well, this gets back to the overlying stubbornness of uh, Steve Kerr definitely likes multifaceted players. Yep. I don't think he's a big believer in – like, he's not Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey yep. – will be like 63s isn't enough. Take more, right? He's a, he he kind of has a classic old school like uh, romanticized vision of basketball where it's like move the ball, pass, dribble, cut, like no one over-dominate the ball. Yeah, exactly. Hoosier is a great example. Um, he is a Phil Jackson protege in in many ways because of that. Um, he so it's a lot of well, Kelly Oubre has the potential to do more things than Damian Lee. Objectively true, he's bigger, he's more athletic. Um, you know, you you can't teach a seven two wingspan. You can't teach like a lot of the, the physical gifts he has. But when Damian Lee's on the court, people guard him at the three point line, which tends to matter. So, uh, and when they do that, Steph Curry has more space. So when Steph Curry has more space, he scores 40 to 50 points. And when Steph Curry scores 40 to 50 points, they have a better chance at winning. So it's kind of, it's a chicken or the egg thing, but it's like, it's a fundamental um, just difference of opinions, I guess. We do have a lot of questions coming through on the chat oh, and yeah. about your about your room. Um, are did are you hosting a rave tonight? I mean, look, look it's always. been a, it's been a year plus since I've gone to a rave, guys. It's very it's really depressing. It's really depressing that I can't go to any raves. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 30 this year, and it's just a year gone of raving. It's it breaks my heart. So. Wait, are are you uh, like now as the as the kids would say, rolling? <laughs> <laughs> I can't comment on that. I, I can't comment on that. Well, I mean, no judgment. I mean, we're not like with an organization or whatever. Well, no, like, I'm, this is completely I will say this. I'm going to judge a little bit if you're hosting a rave and there's at least not a mask rule. I mean, like, I, I hope you're doing a very responsible rave behind you. Like Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing about raves is that a lot of people wear masks anyways. Like that's the thing they were they were wearing them anyway, you know. Like that, it's and yeah, Tom, Tommy Gunn coming with the new Porter, not Robinson. the uh, James Harden style ones. Those, yeah. oh. <laughs> those oh. are different. Yeah, 
Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I've also I've drank, I've drank less, but uh, but I think with uh, with the with the Steve stuff, it's that he's proven to be right. He's proven to be right. He used his system to build this team into a champion year one uh, with his system. He also had the perfect amount of IQ and shooting to where it worked out. And I think you guys, you guys watched the Houston series with, with the KD Warriors and, and what yeah. happened there. The Warriors should have won those series in five. It took seven and six because, because Steve Kerr literally would say, you know what? We're going to wear this team down. We're going to keep playing the way we want to. And I just know that Harden and Paul and these guys just aren't going to be able to make it through game six and seven. Was Steve Kerr right? Yes. Like he was right. But I think there's on the other side of that is Steve. Like if you just if you literally just run pick and roll, you guys are winning that series in five. Like there, there's like no other way around it. Like that's just it's a, that's you know that's just true. And and I think that's kind of the stubbornness there. But he gets proven right, so now he gets to do whatever he wants. And all right, well, let me it. put let me put this forward, and tell me what you think. If in theory, like ten and nine, like Sam was saying, is about what you'd expect because there's a tie in here to the Lakers too that I think is is interesting. But like if 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 10 and 9 is about what you would expect and you know you could play Damian Lee more and Kelly Oubre less which I have mixed feelings about because you know <laughs> um, nobody cares Brian Andy, Andy cares I think he he sympathizes <laughs> and so but the flip side and that'll get you that'll keep you around 10 and 9 it'll, you know for the rest of the year sure. um, you know you're you're an 8 seed or a 9 seed you get to the play in and whatever and then you're done or if he's, if you feel like you can, you have a better chance of finding the absolute ceiling of this team if you can get Ubre to, play, you know, to do better. I mean, some of it's just hit shots at a rate that he was hitting them throughout most of his career, right. which isn't even that great, but it's better than you know eighteen percent. Like if you can just get the most out of the players that you have in the what ought to be the best way for the team to be successful, you have a better chance of having a higher ceiling. But either, you know, and at worst, you're still going to be eliminated at the same time you would have been anyway. Is there any truth to that? Like, is that reasonable? I do think that's the prevailing wisdom that Steve Cruz um, rocking with. Like, it's it's not illogical to to think that way like i think i'm just like steve no amount of film is going to make Kelly Oubre a good passer you know like that, that's really that's really where i'm at with this it's like, like I, I think orange a, style you know and i'm sure in like game 50 something's going to click for him and i'm going to look like an idiot but you know it's like you're not i'll be fine yeah, yeah. Just pretend the other fifty games never happened in the other yeah. podcast. L- they'll get Lonzo Ball. They'll get Andy's guy, Lonzo Ball. Like they'll they'll get him, and he'll be a perfect fit for this team. Like the absolute perfect fit. Yeah, I heard you guys actually talking about um, some of the the rumor mill stuff with Lonzo and I, I guess JJ Redick also being uh, connected or semi uh, connected to the Warriors. W- would you be interested in bringing in either one slash both of those guys? And in terms of Smaller trades, but also larger trades, like a guy like Bradley Beal. How much do you think this team? Okay. Oh, I see you lighting up, so I can see where this. We is just going. we just did an hour on that topic. This is going to be oh, a good one for us. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're ready. How much are? How much would you be willing to break up to bring in Bradley Beal? Like, like in, in terms of, uh, I guess, picks in terms of Wiseman, perhaps. Like, 
what would you be willing to do to bring in? I mean, because Bradley Beal is a fantastic player. Like, would you be willing to give up someone like that? Let me ask you this. Would you do, from an outsider's perspective, would you do Wiseman, the Minnesota pick, uh, uh, let's say Wiggins for contract, for Bradley Beal, and then maybe a poo-poo platter of future first-rounders for Bradley Beal, or is that too much? Here's what makes it really difficult. I don't know what Clay's going to look like when he eventually comes back. If I if I really for if I somehow knew that Clay was going to finally come back, stay healthy, yeah, I would do that because you you're trying, yeah, you're trying to maximize. You're trying yeah, to maximize Steph. maximizing Steph right now, right? right? I mean, it, it's it's the it's the deals the Lakers made in between winning the second of the back to back titles. And Kobe eventually tearing his Achilles. And, you know, they attached picks to move Derek Fisher. They attached picks to move Luke Walton. You know, stuff like that you pay for eventually. That Like that bill comes due. But they mm -hmm. were looking to squeeze every bit of potential right. out of having Kobe still playing at a high level. And I think I speak for Brian when I say we agreed with all those moves. We thought We thought those were the correct decisions, whether they ended up working well or not, you know, the, the Ramon Sessions era was not yeah. draped in glory. <laughs> right. But but I supported the move at the time, and I'm not going to turn around and say that I didn't. But I but I also knew when they did all that that they had yeah. Pau Gasol healthy, they had Lamar Odom healthy, they had Andrew Bynum healthy. Like they they there were reasons to do this. If I don't know where Clay stands, I don't know if I'm giving up Wiseman for Beal because I don't know if if Curry Beal and an aging Draymond is enough to win a championship. Like it makes you competitive, but it's a big price for competitive. So we went back and forth, and actually, my my feeling was the same as yours with regards to Clay Thompson, which is why I kind of, you know, it, it might get me in trouble with everyone in the Bay Area. But I was like, why would you not include Clay in the trade? instead because you don't know what he's going to be Ooh, you that's don't fascinating. you don't know i mean just look i'm not a doctor i, I think you guys all know that but um uh he tore his he tore his achilles our last in, segment <laughs> in uh thanksgiving right um everyone's kind of marveling at where kevin durant and john wall are post achilles you know they, those guys are 20 months, 24 months off the injury. If we're going to extrapolate that for Clay and say 20 to 24 months, we're talking about 2023, in which case Steph Curry is almost, he's about 35. We're talking, sorry, 2022, um, in the 2023 playoffs. Um, even if Clay plays next year, you're talking about him being mostly a rehab player who maybe is playing 22 to 25 minutes a game. I don't think it's unrealistic to wonder if, you know, the, the Clay rehab process and the James Wiseman development process and, you know, this Minnesota pick looks like it's going to convey somewhere between four and six. So it should net you a very promising prospect. If all those timelines don't match up with Steph Curry, who's going to turn 33 this spring, and, um, you know, kind of he's still kind of at the top of his game, but where he is, I think it's it's a little dicier. Like they, the Warriors will tell you that they, they want to do they, the Spurs thing. 
where they, they want won't to. do it. Yeah, they won't do the trade. Yeah, that's what I think what Sam, Sam was trying to say. The Warriors won't do the trade. That's what I think what he's trying to say. <laughs> I'm just dancing. I'm just dancing around it. Is that yeah. the the Warriors won't do it? I think they're they're they want to be. They don't want to be the Lakers, um, or or they want the Lakers flash. They want you know they want Giannis to be like I, I want to go to Golden State. I would I would recommend being the Lakers. Like the, the right whole now. being the Trust Lakers, me, getting LeBron just because well. you're in LA. Like that's a good living. You know what I mean? And I mean, then maybe, like, yeah, there there are worse fates than ending up that franchise. But I don't think that's in terms of like the like what you just said, Andy. Like what you just said in terms of like cash. You know, I don't think that's what they want to do. I think they do want to. They do want fashion themselves as being smart, like the Spurs. Although it's like they're not smart right now, actually at all. But like they they want Wiseman. They want uh you know Jalen Suggs, whoever they can get, and then they want to spin this thing forward ten years and here's win the, like four more titles. Here's the bigger thing. I don't think that uh, the, the impression I get is I don't think they think Bradley Beal's good enough. I think they, I think they may be stuck doing the. So you know how like the Boston Celtics were rumored to get every player under the sun um, in the trade market. You know Anthony Davis most famously, mm-hmm. and they're kind of, you know, they they were kind of gun shy pulling those trades off, right? Um, and maybe it works out for them because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown look really good and they look promising in that capacity, but like they were unwilling to give those players up unless they got like the perfect star committed. That's it. That's kind of how I feel like the Warriors are. Like, I think Bradley Beal is phenomenal. I think highly more highly of him than Andy does. Um, And I would do that because I actually think Steph and Bradley Beal is like a very good starting point. And if you can't build a contender around it, that would be a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, literally, if you can't find a big man who's willing to play with those, that's more of an indictment on your front office than those two players, right? Um, I think that they will be so protective with Wiseman and the pick and everything that it's kind of like, well, yes, if it, if Giannis wants to come, we'll do it. You know, if uh, Kawhi Leonard demands out, we'll do it. But Kawhi like, Embiid, yep. yeah, but it's like they're not just willing to do it for Bradley Beal, which. We means I think we're probably going to end up with James Wiseman. You know, we're we're going to end up sitting here, and you know, hopefully he ends up being good. <laughs> I, I, I think Joe, I think Steve Kerr is walking through that door and saying we're not doing it for Bradley Beal. Like he doesn't play enough defense. He's not the type of player that he wants uh, uh, as as a as a as a as an end game playoff sixteen game player. I, I think he's not doing that. And as much as Steve Kerr likes to say he doesn't have any power, guys, Steve Kerr has all the power <laughs> in that well, organization. Yeah, but like this is this comment, you know, from from Eric's two one zero six nine. Is that a zip code up there? I'm just guessing. I don't know. Um, I think this gets to a lot of it. Like you know, the, the, what the Lakers have in in a you know like in a LeBron that just doesn't seem like he's ever going to decline, like ever. Uh, like we're going to be talking about him playing with Bronny the fourth before you know he's finally done playing anywhere. I'm convinced he's motivated to play longer than Tom Brady. Like that's really where this is going. It's like who's going to be the first one to decline? I, I put my money on LeBron, but like <laughs> it's it, it it screws everybody else's plans up because like you know well you know you get a declining LeBron and is Anthony Davis good enough to really truly carry an organization in that way? They right. won't have picks. They can't. So there's there's going to be a window here if we can just hang in. And now you look at it and if your own organization has questions about themselves and you know Andy pointed them out, you guys pointed them out. Like 
it, you, know, you don't know what Clay's going to be. Draymond can't do what he used to do for an entire season. Maybe he can crank it up in the playoffs. But uh, the calculus on trading that Minnesota pick and Wiseman, who I think is playing pretty well, he seems, you know, he played three college games. That is a really hard choice. And it's almost, in my mind, entirely because LeBron is a freak. You're saying you're saying because like end of the There's, day, where's the window? You have like, to beat the, the, you have to beat the Lakers. The you have to beat the Lakers. That, so. that one, that one, I disagree with. That that one and and by the way, it should be noted the Clippers are awfully good too if they keep both of those guys around. So I mean, <laughs> wow. it, just, it becomes it becomes a it becomes a hard choice because you could not get where you need to go, and then really be screwed for the the decade I, after. That one, that one, okay. I think that's fair for Bradley Beal. I th- um, but I also think that I, I disagree with that a little bit, just because I think the Warriors are good enough to win. Like I don't think they'd be favorite, or, or, or maybe like you wouldn't put a thousand bucks. Maybe you rather put a thousand bucks on on GameStop right now rather than the Warriors beating them f- fully healthy, right? But if, if you can but, find an app, if, if you can find an app, like a flex for what you guys get to do the Light Years podcast. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe if you just want to, you know, throw out a grand or something like that. You know, how much How much do you think? He, how much do you think Andy paid for that light machine behind him? <laughs> it, was, it was ten dollars a light bulb. Come on, uh, <laughs> worth but it. There's a thousand. And light bulbs in it. That was sponsored. <laughs> that was sponsored provided. He didn't pay that. <laughs> <laughs> My work pays for it. Oh, light years podcast. Yeah, there you I got go. it. Mm. it doesn't it light years doesn't work as well now that the Warriors are one of the team that doesn't value shooting when the rest of the NBA does. They didn't so, say yeah. which it, direction. Light years it yeah, it didn't direction. <laughs> it, it didn't work as well, but um, you know, I, I don't think of the Lakers as this like uh, un, they're not the 16-17 Warriors. So I think if if you're if you are the Warriors, like I think, yeah, I mean even if Clay was healthy this season, which they thought he was going to be, right? Like the Warriors weren't like they weren't going to be favored to win at all, but they have a shot at it, and that that's kind of all you want. So I don't know if that stops you. Also, like a lot of the Steph Prime, I'm just looking at the comments here. A lot of people are asking about like wasting a year of Steph's prime, and that's what you guys mentioned with the Kobe stuff. That's what the Lakers well, did right. Okay, that that actually, I, but I want to ask about that because there's yeah. there's a comparison point, and it's not apples to apples. It's not perfect, but I sure. think it's close enough. You know, Kobe after post Shaq played a couple years when Phil came back. The Swa- uh, Kwame Smush years. I almost said the Swami years, but the the, the <laughs> Kwame years. Well, not a bad way. Actually, that's not a yeah. terrible shorthand. Um, yeah. Did Kobe had to like you know just play out of his skull to get that team into the first round of the playoffs. They lost, demanded a trade. Lakers didn't do it. And then Andrew Bynum ended up way ahead of anybody's schedule. And even before, like, anybody expected it. And that at that point, even before the Lakers brought in Powell, and that trade happened after Bynum got hurt, and I, I would like to think that if that was actually on the table, the Lakers would have done it either way. But but regardless, though, like Kobe even said before Bynum got hurt, but before they had Powell, that he thought they actually were a championship team. Like they had the pieces there with him and Bynum and Lamar Odom as their big three and the rest of the guys actually playing really well. And that was right. They were in first place. thought about that. When Bynum got hurt, they were in first place. A lot of people forget about that. And that was uh, that was because Bynum took that leap. That nobody expected, right? Do you think it's possible for Wiseman to make that type of leap to where he could basically get on everybody's calendar and everybody's schedule? 
So was that year three for Bynum? That was year three. Although yeah. he was, you know, he's straight out of high school. Which but, is, I mean, Wiseman, Wiseman might as well be straight out. Straight out of middle school, actually, Wiseman. So, right. um, I don't think that's impossible. I actually think the imp- I actually think that's what the Warriors are thinking. I think that's why <laughs> Andy and I both kind of think it's less likely they'll make the big, you know, the Bradley Beal type of trade because I think they they feel. I don't want to say bet so much on your culture, but it's like almost an arrogance to be like, well, yeah, look how good this kid is now. Give him two years in our system and he's going to be better than Anthony Davis or like some sort of like platitude like that. Right. Um, I, I think that's all possible. That's, that's all possible. It just feels like um, because the major difference between uh, the analogy you're making was um, if I believe Kobe was in his late twenties, he was in his late twenties. Like I said, it's yeah. not perfect, but it's yeah. basically the same dilemma. I feel like there's a little less. Um, I mean, there's always pressure with a player of that caliber. Period. But like, I mean, Steph Curry's turning thirty three in a month, so yeah. it, it, thirty three just feels way closer to the end. Even though he's a late bloomer, his game's less based on athleticism, um, all those factors than let's say twenty eight. But like it still feels like, are we really going to wait till he's 35, 36 before we, you know, try yeah, to that's, that's, back again? Does he have any kids that he wants to play professionally with? Cannon's, that might like, help. Cannon's like two years old. So, yeah, I mean, if he wants to play, <laughs> do, he's like 50 something. Uh, but I do think, like, you look at Russell Westbrook, like, he's just about done, right? Like, and his, his game's based on athleticism, his game's like his injuries and, and things like that. And he's, what is he? Uh, somebody, I don't know his age. Somebody's gonna have to help me out here. Oh, I'll look it up. Hey, man, he's, not, he's not as old as you think. What's that? He's, he's not as old than, as you think. He's younger than Steph by a few months, but same. oh, I thought he was like thirty-one. I want to see. He's like 32. thirty-two. Thirty-two. So he's about about ish the same. And I think, and I think that's the thing with Steph. Look, look, he's not like LeBron is like once in a actually like lifetime probably <laughs> like athlete. Like he's probably gonna play till he's forty, right, and still be like like damn near the MVP this season. And, and Steph's not going to be like that, but I think he's on that path where he could be very, very good for for like the next three years. And I, the, the, I guess the problem is like, do you think – that was great. I hadn't thought about the Bynum thing, that do they think that Wiseman becomes that guy? Because if, if he does, then Wiseman's the best player on a team that wins a championship. <laughs> but you also, too, you brought up an interesting question, though, about the idea, uh, Sam, of where Steph Curry is. Like, you know, he's going to be 35, 30, or that he's 33 now. And if he's closer to the end, then it raises the philosophical question of are you actually wasting – his prime, if so, like how much how much of his prime are you actually wasting? How much of Steph Curry? Because that that dictates a lot of decisions that you would make. There's obviously going to be fan pressure, and there's obviously going to be, you know, the the cachet that Steph has rightly built up in the organization. And that's something you're gonna have to deal with. But there's also really just the question of how much of Steph is left like playing at a level where he could be the focal point of a championship team. Because that would that would answer a lot of what you're trying to figure out. Let me ask you guys this. You've watched enough of the Warriors this year. How does he look physically to you relative to what you've seen? Like, like you, I've seen like, yeah, I've seen five, you know, bits and pieces of five, six, seven games or whatever. He looks like Steph Curry to me. Okay. I don't I don't see a lot of difference. Um it's hard to tell because it's a lot easier to look like Steph, like 
vintage Steph when you're playing next to, you know, a healthy Clay, Prime, sure. Draymond, and Durant. And it's a lot harder to do it when Kelly Oubre is standing near you. Um, so from my perspective, he looks like Steph. But I, he, the other the, the other part of this, and I this is the next question I want to ask you, because, again, it, it gets to the luxury of having somebody like LeBron who just doesn't seem to be declining at all. Do, after next season, do you want to pay him forty million dollars a year? Like, what is it going to cost to sign? And I, you know, you yes. talked same about, you know, how valuable he is in the, you know, to that fan base. But do you do you want to max him out again for three or four years? And like, how does that well, work? Yeah, I like the Lakers stuff because Steph is like he is like I mean like they they pay Kobe, <laughs> and then like there's no there's no way in hell they're not. Now, now Lakeup wanted to ask him for a pay cut. Funny story last time uh, before he signed the last max and Steph said, what are you talking about? Get get the hell out of here. Right. Um, Get the hell out of here. And I think that that's like, that's probably good comp because I think that that Kobe got a lot of hate um, because of the way he played or the way he was. And maybe some of that made him underrated. And I think some of that goes with Steph too. Like I still think Steph is underrated, but yeah, they're paying him, they're paying him whatever he wants. <laughs> Can you imagine if he walks and goes to Charlotte? <laughs> but you know, but, I, I mean, but that, that gets into interesting territory because if you pay Steph that type of money, then you may be constricting what you can do in terms of building a contender anyway. Right, right. Like it, you, it starts getting into this really tricky territory. Like, you know, Co- Kobe's extension was a very unusual case because they they gave it to him basically sight unseen coming off an Achilles tear. And, you know, he... he As one earned, does. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, look, he, er- he earned the type of sure. clout to have something like that happen. And he earned that type of tribute. But the truth is, you know, that type of salary, especially the timing of when they gave him the extension, it made team building complicated. I'm not sure how much they could have done anyway with, you know, big time free agents, knowing that this was still Kobe's team, even though Kobe wasn't close to at that level anymore, because physically he just he wasn't the same guy. Right, right. But, the, you know, those dynamics make team building complicated. And the type of money that it could be required to keep Steph could get in the way of maximizing how, however much you think is still left with them. I think you give him what he wants because there, there's a myriad of reasons, but you really don't want to be known as the franchise who kicked kind of the best player you ever had to the curb. Like, even if it's a quote-unquote bad business decision, like, I don't think the Lakers regret any, the extension they gave Kobe. Not in the slightest. No, they do and, not. And that's that's pretty much your worst-case scenario. You pay Steph Curry, he physically drops off, and, like, literally only the fans who want to watch him for nostalgia are happy that he's there. That's your worst-case scenario. Um I, I just think you have to do it, particularly for a franchise who wants to be viewed as a premier franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't really have the history to 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 say that. You know, uh, we can go through ownership and all that stuff, but like they're not the Lakers. They don't have Jerry West to Magic Johnson to Kareem and like all these players. Like that's just not who they are. They need to quote unquote do right by their first big megastar. And so, you know, even if that means it hurts your ability to contend, you got to do that. And 
that's I, I think that's just the reality of it. Like, I mean, I don't think Andy are rooting for the scenario where they put a garbage team around a 38 year old Steph who is just like <laughs> pretending to watch the old times, but like it's it's still better than I guess going the um the route that like every other NBA team goes where like the guy leaves and they, they just feel like an empty vessel that doesn't matter. They're, right? Yeah. They're, they're not trying to be the, like they're trying to be the Lakers. They're not trying to be, they're not trying to be the, uh, the freaking New Orleans Pelicans. I guess you could even throw them out. They literally just lost AD. Right? Like, you know, not- what's funny about that though. And look, there's a, I, I, I am not here to talk about the, the Lakers do, treat you know take this sort of family thing very seriously (laughs) um it 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 really is and it's a it's a well-run organization and you know it it, i i have a lot of respect for the you know especially over the last year how they've they've sort of managed to to turn things around some luck in there but a lot of good management too the kobe thing was you know giving kobe that extension was not just about you know, projecting, look, we take care of our stars and this and that. There was a lot of don't look behind the curtain there, too. Like, look, everybody, we Kobe's wrapped up. He's not going anywhere. Everything's going to be okay. Don't pay attention. works three times as well now. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like there was some self-interest that went beyond we're just going to do the right thing by our star. You know, two things can be true at once. And, you know, oftentimes things that are smart and right are also self-interested. But you know, it's not like one didn't have anything to do with the other. So, uh, you know, that's all I'm saying about that. And that might tie in with the Warriors, whose front office is increasingly um, filled with uh, family members of the owner. <laughs> so, you know, but uh, but you know, I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I just don't understand why these the Joes. I love Joe Lakeup's great. Like he he brought on the right people. Uh, he's willing to spend money. What more can you ask for? He he kind of says what he's, his opinion is, but he also takes into account other people. The problem is he has his two sons running departments that matter uh, and running them into the ground versus I've heard the Lakers do something similar, but at least they're good at their jobs. You know what I mean? At least they're well, good. the ones well, they've got oh, okay. left now. Okay, <laughs> yeah. right? Exactly. I think that's what Sam's point is, right? Like, like six years ago, we're back to the Spider-Man yeah. meme. There you go. <laughs> and, and they got his freaking sons running departments, and it's just like, what are you? And these guys are like, 20, like my age with no experience in basketball. It's like you might as well put me in there. I'd probably do the same thing. I'll just text other media members, ask their opinion. Like, I don't get. All right, I'm going to <laughs> do it. But like, I just don't. I don't. Yeah, I said, yeah, said too much. About no. I said too much. <laughs> Just, okay. just not you, qualified. Okay, speaking of Joe Lacob and, and the front office, I wanted to ask you guys, because th- this is something the Warriors have not done in a long time. How much do you trust the front office to be able to, de- to develop Wiseman? Because they, they have not been in a situation where they've uh, had – I mean, he's, he's like the first top five pick they've had in almost 20 years. No. You know, I mean, they, they drafted Steph seventh overall, but I, I don't think they – And that was the previous – You guys, are, previous you guys are two years right. behind every conversation we've had for the last five years. Yeah, but like, you know, it, I don't think they – I don't think they thought of it. Does that time. mean we get LeBron in two years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might. Well, Giannis is coming. Okay. In, in, in L.A., we spent like – Four years being three years behind every conversation you had about being good. So yeah, these keep running cycles, man. But like th- this is a really interesting question for them. They have they have not had a pick with like that type of expectation. Like you know, you talk top five. The expectation is we're grooming a star, 
as opposed to like when they took uh, Harrison Barnes or Steph Curry, where you're hoping you're grooming a really good player, but you don't necessarily expect it to be a superstar. No, it's a good point because uh, the first draft that this ownership group had was Clay Thompson. The second draft was Harrison Barnes and Draymond Green. And we know where it goes from there. Um, and now it's, you know, I, I don't know, I guess is the best way to put it. Because even in those cases, uh, Clay, Clay was the 11th pick. Um, Draymond was the 35th pick. They both exceeded expectations yeah. ever, right? Like you know, no one, no one thought Clay Thompson was going to be kind of this iconic player, you know, perennial all star, whatever he came. And Draymond is now just like a stand-in name for every second round pick. Like he could be the next Draymond Green, that type of thing, right? Um, that um, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know because they've they've also turned over a lot of people in the organization, right? Like obviously Steve Kerr and Bob Myers are the faces of everything they do. And Joe Lacob. Mm -hmm. um, but like, it's kind of been a whirlwind. Like, you know, they, they took over the organization, they get good, then they get great. And they become like this kind of standard and they haven't had to kind of do any of the, I guess, things that every other organization has to do with development. And like now I don't know is I guess where I'm going with it. I just, I don't know. Like, do I trust them? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, Wiseman plays a good game. I trust them. Wiseman plays a bad game on everyone fired. That's kind of how I feel. So. <laughs> as long as you're being fair. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. I, I'm with you. I think Sam's Sam's look, the develop developmental staff is something that we were very concerned about. Very concerned about. You know what would be nice right now? Talonhorn Tucker. I don't even know if he's good or not. But like he'd probably be playing 18 minutes a game on this team because the Warriors can't develop anyone. Uh, I started the I started this thing saying like I wish Damian Lee played more minutes. Guys, you know that Kevon Looney is the one guy that they've developed uh this whole time. That and he's like he's fine, right? He's fine. <laughs> he's fine. Like he's 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 solid. Solid, solid, solid. Okay. solid. Yeah, he's like he's good. Good. like does he count? Does like Pascal count? He's all right. We just don't know if he's good or <laughs> yeah. Like he, you know, he had a fun game tonight, right? But it's like it's like he's kind of a gimmicky small ball five, right? So it's like how long is that gonna last? Uh, he's not Pontres. At least Pontres Harrow is big, um, and he gets down the floor. So he did have his best game against the Lakers. I'll give him that. <laughs> well, the Lakers were drunk. I think like that game. I think they were just. I don't know what their problem was. Like, LeBron he, does take every possible opportunity to remind the media just how much fucking wine he drinks. All the time. <laughs> LeBron, yeah, what is with that? Here's I, I have a new theory that he he is trying to be the the goat of functioning alcoholics. Like, like he's just <laughs> he's he's he want, he's conquered everything in basketball. He, now he wants to show everybody how is, much he can drink. Like either that or the MVP. for help. Like I mean, he's got his shit together so well. Like you may not realize. Like guys, I'm telling you, all I do is drink. Oh, this is wine. This is I'm his next way to take on um on take on MJ because like I, we all know the Michael Jordan stories. He's like, guys, I can do that too. I can be hungover and, <laughs> and dominate too. Yeah. Like seven years from now, we're gonna find out the game he had Jeez. in Cleveland the other night. He had seven. Oh God, come on, Quinn. 
He had had, he had, had like 14 bottles of Cabernet before lighting up the Cavs for 46 <laughs> the other night. It's like, that's what we're going to find I out. That's true, though. Griffin Woody. Year 18. Griffin Woodley, <laughs> I think, summarizes as well. Year 18, functioning alcoholic, hashtag MVP, crown emoji. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's a strong case. I was the best player in the league, drunk the whole time. Top that. Well, I thought that was. I thought that was MJ's thing. Yeah, I thought that was. And to be clear, I'm not actually accusing him of being an alcoholic. Oh. I'm just saying that, like, it, <laughs> it's Have, we've all had an extra glass during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, you know, if I if I if I could afford to drink the kind of wine that he could drink, I'd be drinking wine all the time too. <laughs> like he's not drinking what I'm drinking. I, I will say it is it is funny watching the Lakers because it does seem like LeBron like AD's coasting, but like LeBron's like I'm gonna play every game. I'm gonna play exact, every game. You know what? He is coasting. He's it's Andy and I talk about this all the time. It is the most remarkable thing I've ever seen where he is able to calibrate the exact amount of energy, like his per for like energy expended to return on that energy is like a billion. There is no stop. wasted anything in there. It's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> I couldn't help. I couldn't help it. Okay. Do, do either of you need to just have like a couple minutes on GameStop or Robin Hood? <laughs> like, I, I, I know there's been a lot going on. Yeah, because we have we have a game to play with you. At the end that probably is just going to make you mad. Oh man, I, I will. I, I will say the pandemic has. Uh, uh, we're going on year. This is year two now. So it's start. Well, almost year two. This is the end of year one. It seems man, like. I, I will. I, I, um, but it's, uh, it's, it, we've, I have found just like really random things to do. And, and, and part of that involves, uh, stocks. So like, it's just, just, there's nothing else to do all day. You know, I've, I've podcasted more than ever before. Uh, What's I, your name on Reddit, Andy? <laughs> Sam is Fendiari. <laughs> 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 oh, Sam is a Sam, look at Sam's face. He's just like, uh. <laughs> nope. I'll let you roll. With it. Actually, that's better. I anything that goes against me, I'm going to say you were posing as me. Makes it much better for me. Monty, tell I, I was no, 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 no. Steve Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> So the 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 thing is, um, it, they love it. The what you need to know about Warriors players, coaches, scouts, all of that is they tend to hate me. They they love Sam. It, it's it's how the light years pod works. They really they're always like, what is like, what is this guy tweeting about? Like, what is his problem? And then they go around and they just they're like they're like best friends with Sam. It's like it's like how it was with KD. It's really like the best relationship. And get Sam investigated for insider trading. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. What do, what do you guys think of the whole uh um I mean it's it's a it's a more fun story than the shirtless guys in Viking hats storming the Capitol. Yeah, right? no, I I, I I like the GameStop thing more than that. Um I like it less than the Hilaria Baldwin story. I I I, 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 I am in the mood for things that are completely frivolous. And as much as I like this the GameStop kind of the, the concept behind it of these hedge fund managers have been able to play by a different set of rules than normal right. people get when they trade. I, I, the people are going to lose money. Like there are regular people who don't 
realize that GameStop is not worth $387 a share or whatever it is. And it's, it's in, if they can't get out of their position or got in late or bought, you know, bought it 300 and, you know, sure. regular people are going to lose money. And that makes me sad. Whereas the Hilaria Baldwin story is just really stupid. Um, <laughs> but and, I, I don't know about this, guys. What, what, what's going on here? Oh, this one, Andy, you'll appreciate this one. Actually, I'm surprised I didn't tell you about this one. So, <laughs> Oh, Brian, please. Okay, so basically, <laughs> Hilaria Baldwin, who is Alec Baldwin's wife, has was sort of found to be faking an entire Spanish background and heritage. She grew up in Connecticut, <laughs> and like everybody called her Hillary when she was a kid, um, and basically kind of adopted this persona and this character. Uh, as part of, I guess, to uh, Andy, your theory, Andy Kamenetsky, your theory is to make her more interesting to Alec Baldwin. My, my theory is that, well, my my theory, because apparently she's been doing this thing even before she was with Alec Baldwin. It just got accentuated upon dating and then marrying him. I honestly think she didn't want to be seen as a basic white girl. Like, that's my theory. She <laughs> thought that she was basic and boring and started playing up because I guess her family grew up. Uh, she, she went to Spain like a few times. Um, I think like Mallorca and uh, like she, she spent some time there and then her parents, I think upon her going to college and stuff, like really started living there. And she just started taking on this, like this affect of being from there and like playing up that part of her life. And then it started shifting into heritage it's, it's like the it's i don't know like the <laughs> white girl version of rachel dolezal or something Good. but uh like and then that's actually the, the best way to find yeah and then she ended up you know she had this persona as like this instagram yoga instructor who you know part of what made her finger quotes interesting was you know that also she's from spain and blah 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 and eventually like all these internet detectives started just doing some work and be like what are you talking about? Like you're from Connecticut. Like we knew this woman and it's, you know, it's all gone sideways now. And Alec Baldwin is of course gone off on the media. And now I think he's off social media because he's tired of the cesspool that it is, which he's correct about that. Yeah, it's true. It's not for the reason yeah. he's saying it's a cesspool. He's, he's not wrong. He's just <laughs> different reasons, but anyway, guess- it's, it's a crazy story. My, my own, hilarious. my only take is that this is a, uh, this is a sophisticated new level of gentrification that I have never. <laughs> I got. I got to applaud it. This is. This is just fantastic. In, in is fairness to her, Andy and I both started this show because we were worried about being basic white girls too. So, um, <laughs> I certainly sympathize. Yeah. But you know, ex- so you, so this GameStop thing. Like, are, how much game? Are you like a primary share owner of GameStop now? Do you run the board? My. Uh... <laughs> My friends I've, are all upon it. How yeah, much so have you bought? I've shifted I, all my money to AMC. I'm holding <laughs> theaters. Um, they're coming back. They're just, coming back. Just, just wait, guys. <laughs> they're coming back. Eight dollar oh. bucket of popcorn. We now know who to blame. <laughs> I miss the theaters. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a theater guy, so I miss the theaters. I miss just kind of. I miss movie hopping. You know, I miss watching four movies or three movies oh, in one day. That was the yeah. best. The that best. was the best. 
like looking around for that usher and then you immediately duck into that other theater oh. and just slump down until the next movie starts. Oh, it's good stuff. <laughs> it was a good, just shitty hot dogs and just too much butter on popcorn. Like, oh. just, I just, I miss, I like, I'm a big movie trailer guy. I love like 15 minutes of trailers. I, I don't get these people who complain that there are too many trailers. Yeah. Like I would, I swear, man, I would pay to watch just two hours. Of <laughs> trailers. Trailers. Yeah. Dude, oh my God. I, I do have a complaint though. Nowadays, have you seen, like I was watching Godzilla Kong trailer. It was like four minutes. Why do we need a four minute trip? Like I know the entire plot and ending with these trailers now. It's like just it's oh, too no, long. Oh, you found the exact like the trailers for movies in like the 80s were like 11 minutes long. Oh, like if you go back and watch the really? original trailer for Star Wars, it like includes footage from Return of the Jedi. Like it's it's that long. <laughs> I just I don't what that's a, yeah, it's oh, well, I was saying it's too much. Like I, I give me a minute, I just need a glimpse, you know. Yeah, I don't like commercials, like the commercials can get a little bit aggravating, but trailers, yeah, dude, more you can't give me enough trailers. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, I feel like I'm getting like two dollars worth of free movie. From the trailer, like I feel like I feel like the more trailers you give me, the more I'm sticking it to the man. Like, like now you guys got me thinking. I can't remember the last movie I saw in the theater. Like, obviously it was pre-pandemic, but I'm literally struggling to think of what that movie was because, like, I'm I'm not like a I, uh, every weekend wow. kind of. That is a movie great. Theater guy, that's a but great. Like, I do. Kind of think of wow, what is the last movie? I I think I'm putting that I'm putting that out on a poll right now. I'm curious is, is it like if if how many people actually remember what the last movie they saw was in a theater? I Avengers I, Endgame, yeah, it's a good one. I, we all saw that, I'm sure. I think the last movie that I saw in the theater was that movie Pain and Gain that uh Pain and Glory, I'm sorry. Pain and Gain was the Mark Wahlberg rock Michael Bay extravaganza. Pain and Glory, it's a uh, the movie that Antonio Banderas was nominated for well, 97 best actor last year. Jeez, I think yeah. that it, it's really good. A pain, yeah, pain and wow. glory is really good. Um, wow. but like I saw that, I want to say maybe like late January of 2020 in the theater, or maybe early February, something like that. That might be the last. Mine that might have been once upon a time in Hollywood. Like, I definitely saw that in theaters. I remember it very distinctly. Um, and that was like right on the cusp of it's a good movie. Pan- it, it was a good movie. It's a good movie. Um, but it's right on the cusp of the pandemic. I'm trying to remember if I saw anything. <laughs> after Tenet, that. Tenet. That movie was <laughs> such a shit show. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. Absolutely. Still haven't seen it. I don't know if you're missing much. It's classic. I think Nolan has out I think Nolan is a caricature of himself in that movie. He's just he's just doing shit. Just to, he's like Steve Kerr is just doing stuff to shit <laughs> at this point. And just to wrap it all back. Full guys. Yeah, full circle. He he's needed just, to assemble some shooting around that cast and he couldn't do it. <laughs> Actually, the craziest thing about uh, about Tenet that I that I that I remember again, having not seen the movie, is that apparently the economics in Hollywood are such that it's actually cheaper to actually crash a real airplane yes. into a hangar than it is to like CGI that. Like they, they did that for real because it was cheaper. That to me is crazy. Yeah, they actually crashed a plane. I, I haven't seen the movie, but there is apparently a huge plane crash scene, and, and that was real. It, w- it was not CGI. It was not computer uh, animation, graphics, anything like that. They actually crashed it. 
And I thought that was an example of like Christopher Nolan just being like what you're talking about, Andy, just like absurdly decadent, ridiculous. It turns out, no, it was cheaper. What kind of world do we live in where that's cheaper? Like that, that in and of itself explains some of the problems we have. As sounds, a like, sounds like America. I was going to say that does sound like it makes sense. <laughs> All right. I haven't seen Tenet, so let's let's keep the spoilers. Uh, yeah, I don't I'm think we can spoil. I, nobody gets it. I don't think we. I don't think anybody can spoil it, Sam. So you, you couldn't spoil from if you wanted to. <laughs> it's like Steve Kerr's offense. Nobody freaking understands it. Like it just doesn't. It doesn't make any damn sense. It's, like, it's, it's just Kelly Oubre running pick and rolls. Yeah, yeah, for no reason. Why? You know, inverted bullets. What are we talking about here? Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So before the we, inverted we, bullet offense. <laughs> Yeah, what is that? Inverted bullet offense. Oh, here's a good one. Uncut gems. That's somebody that they said they, they saw. I, I, I did see that in the theater, but I think I saw it before Pain and Glory. That's Netflix. That was a whew, That one was a. I watched that. I definitely it's watched so that one not in the theaters. It, that is, it's a tense movie. It's a yes. very, very tense movie. The Invisible Man. That's one. Was that was supposed to be not bad? No, I actually I've heard that's really good. I've heard that's actually very good. Nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen is very good. That was a good I remember movie. Remember that one? I whatever, the answer for me is something I took my kids to because that's the only thing that I can. Those are the only movies I see in theaters anymore. Right. Um, Sabrina Merchant. So yeah, Sonic. Uh, Sabrina Mer Merchant said Knives Out. Actually, by the way, my oh, wife. My wife took my daughter and Brian's two oldest to Sonic. They loved it. She said it's actually really good. Like it's actually a really fun movie. She was shocked. Um, all right, so we we do, you know, because people have been demanding it, uh, we do have a game that we want to play before we let you go. It's just a simple word association. Um, so I'm going to put a picture up on the screen, and I want you guys to just first words that pop out of your mouth. Okay. Oh boy, here we go. Um, keeping in mind, you know, for people, you know, our local audience, these are our guys from the from the Bay Area, so we, we try to put a little flavor in there and and all that. But so we'll we'll start with we'll start with this. Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco Bell. I don't even know, like white woman. <laughs> that's Katie's <laughs> really dog. Isn't that's she so, cute? So kind okay, of really cute. Yeah, that's I agree. A, Okay, I like here we go. Dogs, not big dogs. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> Inverted bullets. Now I've got it in my head. <laughs> troll, troll. Using <laughs> Okay, next one. <laughs> More trolling. Yeah. He does not care. He just does not care. That's okay. I uh, will keep going here. Don't let him around my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I showed I I I was trying to explain Kelly Oubre to my wife the other day, and I I I was like, you know, well, the first thing you have to understand is, like, literally everybody thinks he's the hottest player in the NBA, uh -huh. and he might be. I mean, he's he really is a gorgeous human being. <laughs> um, and I showed her a picture, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I see that." Um, all right, so here, okay, we'll continue. <laughs> so much. What's wrong with his hairline? <laughs> That's that's the face you get when Andy tweets. <laughs> I got a story. I got one more story about Steve. Maybe before we get out of here. Okay, yeah. a little bit of a palate cleanser here. Oh, hey, hey, uh, hey, oh, hey! Yes, there, we go, there we go. There Absolutely. we go. Absolutely. Hey, hey, uncalled for. <laughs> Come on. 
Come, hey, by the way, there is Kyle Shanahan, Steve Kirk comparisons. That is, come on, God, God, that hurts me. It hurts me. It hurts me. That's a future Niner quarterback, Kirk. Yeah, <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Um, okay, continuing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then uh, one of these. It's delicious. I think. Why, why am I thinking of Rudy Gobert? Why am I thinking of? <laughs> That's a, a, a delicious San Francisco sourdough loaf. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, uh, that's another one. And then, and then last last one. <laughs> Back to our guy. Back to our guy, huh? Our guy, Steve. Uh, somebody, somebody already ruined the story, actually. Margot, when she sees Andy's tweets. Steve Kerr's wife, not happy with me. I'm always, oh. always, always in my mentions about uh, with my Steve Kerr slander. She actually Wait. unfollowed me. It was a sad day. Like really? She actually is tweeting me back. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yes. She has. I think she had a few too many glasses of wine um, and did not enjoy the uh, Steve Kerslander that I was tossing. Toss she was in, she was in hilaria mode. Not sure. yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so tell us your uh, tell us your 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 uh, your last Steve Kerr story. Well, that 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 was that was it. I there oh, was, that was it. Okay. That, that that was, was just doing that. There, somebody had said it. So yeah, I was gonna do a whole thing, but somebody had said it. So um, oh, thanks, Margot. Steve Kerr says he's not on social media, but uh, just another case of lying. Um, because <laughs> he is like Kevin Durant and like all other human beings. They are always on social media. The only encounter I've ever had with an NBA player's wife was Steve Blake's wife on Twitter. And she's lovely. She's really, really nice. Uh, like she seems like she's just almost like just chronically nice. I She's very... <laughs> When she used to be active on Twitter, she was just like this perennial sunshine of positivity. Um, but she's the only, to the best of my recollection. Uh, and did you ever meet her, Andy? Actually, I think I did at a game. No, I met Andy Lou because that was what <laughs> I think that might that might change. Way, also, Steve Blake, legendary warrior. Right. I mean, he was. Yes. There is some overlap there. Legendary 15, warrior. No, I never, never met. Fifteen her. games, maybe twenty. And, yeah. and I and I hope to never to never. Do you remember who? Uh, do you remember who you guys moved to get Steve Blake? Oh, Kemp is one. Yes. Yeah. And also uh one one uh what's his name? There was another uh Kemp is the only one who actually played for you guys. Kemp is and then also um Marshawn Brooks, I think. Oh, that's right. I liked him. He was a scorer. He was yes. a scorer. Yeah, they need him right now off the bench. Get, get that guy back in here, huh? Available. Last question before we let you go, because um, you know, we, we promised you, but like the the we have a quarterback problem, uh, we believe in uh in LA with Jared Goff. Oh, you know what? Actually, um, he follows me on Twitter, by the way. I cut you Jared off. Goff does funny story. I don't know why. Huge Warriors fan. He is a big Warriors fan. Yeah, well, there you go. Does he like you, or does he like Sam better too? Well, nah, he likes Andy more. <laughs> Doesn't follow me. Who knows? Yeah. But I, sorry, I get you off there. Um, so you know, we 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 brought the Kirk Cousins picture up on purpose, obviously, because you know that is sort of a, a running joke on your on your show, or maybe it's not a joke. Um, what what Just is the here. deal with with Jimmy um, and and that team? Because like, if they don't have. If they don't get hurt, like that's that's a good team. Like that, you know, you can't play with your with those quarterbacks and expect anything good. But where does San Francisco stand on the the future of handsome quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo? They uh they're they're they messed up. They messed up. They should have gotten Tom Brady. Um and, and apparently like maybe that deal was already done, but they just ended up not doing it. Um they wanted Jimmy. I I think I think they're doing their best to 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 get an upgrade. Like 
it's kind of like the golf situation, right? I, I, I was, was going to say, it's very Jimmy similar. maybe is a little better than golf. I, I don't know. Maybe they're about the same. They're guys like if they're put in a good situation, they'll make the nice play. But if you need them to win a game, uh, you probably don't want either of those guys. Interesting. I, one of the questions I wanted to get into you with Garoppolo is what, there are times when I watch him where I think, okay, he he looks like he could be a good quarterback. And then there are other times where I watch him, I go, like, he would be lucky to be serviceable. Like, uh-huh. I, I can't decide what he is okay. when I've seen him. And in part, it's because he can never both stay. He, We're back both here. He and Oubre, both he and Oubre just get by on looks. The, okay. Really <laughs> sense, right? Okay, I have, I, have, I have this take. I have this take. <laughs> there, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is a gunslinger. He needs to go out there, and he just needs to chuck it and make plays. Kyle Shanahan is like Steve Kerr. He has a system. And if you don't follow his system – then he he starts handing the ball off 30 times. He throws one bad pick, he's handing the ball off. And I think that's messed with Jimmy G's confidence a little bit. But I don't also don't think he's he's that guy. He is way. really good looking though. Yes. I mean, who's considered him. more universally who's more universally considered uh, good looking across the city, him or Ubre? <laughs> well Jimmy's depends which neighborhood you're in. No. <laughs> well, probably does. I mean, actually. The marina? I mean, the marina, Jimmy G kills the marina, but uh well, Jimmy, he's a quarterback of an NFL team. You know what I mean? He's probably just more famous. He's yeah. also had more time to, to lay down roots and, and such. Right. Uh, we, Andy, <laughs> I will not bore you with our theory that you must be, you cannot be, generally speaking, a successful NFL quarterback without being handsome. Um, but huh. it's true. It is true. We've really thought this over. There are some exceptions, like frat boy exceptions, like Ben Roethlisberger and whatever. But generally speaking, you don't win if your quarterback is ugly. Well, Kirk Cousins, they've won. Something. Well, they don't really win, so. <laughs> I didn't say you can't win a game, and he's not hideous. I mean, look that at the guy. Right. He's pretty good looking. Yeah, that there's is- nothing wrong with Kirk Cousins aesthetically. You might okay, have we, we've gotten uh, votes for either Manning. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they're the exception. <laughs> but, j- like, for the most part, quarterbacks, like, maybe the most front-facing – Position and Peyton, at all. not ugly. That you don't you don't get many that you know. Frankly, aren't just pretty good looking. I mean, it makes sense. They're probably like the BMOCs, you know, all the time. Yeah, I was I was, I was gonna say like the, the the most defining quarterback quality is like the it takes you back to high school with like that is the coolest guy. That, right. that, that is at all times the coolest guy. But like you get that respect though in the huddle because like. It, it, you will be taken more seriously. Like they I, do I love him. They do love Jimmy. And generally I speaking, I think you know better. They're lost. They're lost in his eyes. I mean, they're <laughs> half the time. I, I bet they don't even know what the play is. <laughs> For Lawrence, <laughs> he's got the world's longest face. <laughs> Never. I don't think I've ever seen him not smiling. Like every photo I've ever seen of Trevor Lawrence, I'm like, damn, sunshine. No, he, is, he's, he is sunshine. Remember he's the Titans? Sunshine. Jacksonville will wipe the smile off anyone. Theory's going to be tested. A lot of there. levels. Jesus. All right. Uh, Samus Fendiari and Andy Lou. This was a ton of fun. The Light Years podcast. Everybody should go listen to it. Um, it is a great way to keep up. With you know, if you're a Lakers fan, it's a great way to keep up with our Spider-Man meme friends up north <laughs> because every we are we are clearly cycling like three or four years aside from each other. And so what they're going through yeah. now, if we're not careful down here, could be our future. Um, it, it, this was a lot of fun. We're we're uh, we're glad we were able to get you guys on. Thanks so much for doing it. 
Absolutely. Great time, guys. I appreciate you guys, man. We'll come on anytime. Oh, we'll be, be careful. Be careful with that. Uh, tomorrow, <laughs> we are in the Caius Duncan uh, from Basketball News is going to join us. He does some spectacular work. Monday, Meta World Peace uh, is going to be here. So a lot of good shows coming up. Sam's already out. He's like, it's 11 o'clock. I'm done. <laughs> Andy's got a rave to go to. And we'll see everybody tomorrow. Donkey Needle on. Thank <laughs> you.